Shall we read the word of God together? Sorry. We're in John chapter 15, and I'm going to read verses 1 to 8. So the vine and the branches. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. May the Lord bless the reading of his word today. Shall we pray together? Dearest Lord God and Heavenly Father, I just praise and thank you that we can come before your presence, that, Lord, we can bring worship and praise before the throne of grace, knowing that we have a Saviour who stands on high, whoever lives and intercedes for us, and that, Lord, we can bring our prayers to your throne, that we can bring the longings and the aches of our hearts to your throne, and that, Lord, we know that you gladly hear us. We praise your name, O Holy Spirit, that, Lord, you come and you bless us in this time, and that, Lord, you bring the Saviour to our minds and allow us to worship. We thank you, O great and glorious God, that you are seated on high and that you reign, and that, Lord, we know the end, and the end is that one day we will be with you. Our God is the end of our journey, his glorious and pleasant domain, for there are the children of mercy who praise him for Calvary's pain, and that one day we will see you. Lord, thank you for the promise that, Lord, if we abide in you, that you will abide in us. Thank you for the promise that, Lord, if we remain in you, we will bear fruit, and that fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, Lord, the righteousness, the truth, the perseverance, and brotherly kindness. Lord, we just pray that you would bless this fruit to us as a church so that, Lord, we might be that beacon on the hill, that light for this community, and that, Lord, through us, that, Lord, you would bless those around us. Because, Lord, you have promised, if my people who are called, called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal them from heaven and will heal their land. Lord, we pray this. We pray that this once our land was called the land of song and that it would be so once again, singing praises, bringing heaven down with us. Lord, we just lift our hearts, our minds, our prayers to you and ask that you would pray, bless the, uh, the word this morning that, Lord, it would come with power and assurance and the Holy Spirit and that, Lord, it would impress upon us because you are our God, the vine, the true vine, and we are the branches, and that, Lord, we are one with you. Thank you, O Lord Jesus, for all that you are, and that, Lord, for blessing us so much. Amen.
Thanks, Ruth. There's, I'm going to say there's almost two types of gardeners. So the cutters or hackers and the pruners. So the cutters or hackers, I'm in this category, people who let the grass grow way too long or the hedge is way too long and then just cut it, hack it, just so you can do as minimal. Any people in the house here who are cutters or hackers? Yeah? Uh, but then there's also the pruners, people who know what they're doing. <laughs> people who enjoy the garden, people who know when to prune, how to grow things, how to make things beautiful. Put your hand up if you're, if you're a pruner, if you enjoy the garden. I know there's quite a few of you out there. There's, so pruners and hackers. I had, um, literally just before meeting Becky, I was I worked part-time as a youth worker and also part-time as a landscape gardener. And quickly on, my, my boss could realise that I was no good at pruning or making good things look beautiful. So I was the hacker. I was the cutter. So I would weed, cut things, strim things, uh, hedge cutter. That's what I was pretty good at. And uh, literally the day before me and Becky went on our first date, we were going to meet. She was in Bristol. I was in Swansea. We were going to meet in Cardiff train station. The day before we met... Me and my boss did like a garden clearance and we made this massive heap of grass and cuttings and everything. And um, he wanted to do a quick job. So he just then chucked loads of petrol on it and uh, to just get it all burned quick. Like there was also already green grass. So he chucked loads of petrol on it. And I'd never had done a petrol garden fire before. So I was like, oh, can I light it? And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, go for it. So I, I had a light there, and I was just going to go like that. And he said, oh, no, don't do that. He's like, like, it'll be... And I said, oh, no, it's fine. Don't worry, it's fine. And then I was literally as, clo- as far as I could. But it was just a tiny bit there, this massive mound. I went like that with the, the, the light there. I did it, and the flame just went... Like all over there, all of my heart, all of my face. I was fine. But genuinely, when I met Becky the next day, I didn't have any heart hair on this arm. This is the first time I met her. <laughs> didn't have any hair on this arm. My fringe was all syringed. And I had a red face with lines on it because I must have gone like that. <laughs> and then there was lines, like a little tan mark of, uh, of there. So uh, she always remember our first meeting in Cardiff with this one hairy arm fringe. With lines. So that was my experience of, of hacking uh, and pruning. But there are two types of gardening. And even in these verses today, Jesus talks about cutting, but also he talks about pruning. And just the context of this, of this verse in the Gospel of John, many theologians like, recognize this talk actually being in Jesus' Last Supper. So during that Last Supper, which we celebrate uh, once a month here, Um, during that time he shared these words so it's only him and 12 of his disciples his closest friends the apostles and including Judas who's followed him for three years and done all the the preaching the miracles the casting out demons he's done all of that and yet he will soon betray Jesus Um, so for this context like this talk beer is not for like non-Christians in that sense He's not saying this to a big crowd of people who just kind of find it out what it is. He's not saying this to the religious leaders 
or the Roman politicians. He's talking to his closest friends, his closest followers. And he talks about the vine. Um, and he talks about the vine. And, and one comment they say about a vine and then the branches and the fruit. And this is just like the humility of Jesus, that he would call himself the vine and yet the beautiful branches and the fruit, he would say, that's his followers, that's his disciples. Like, if anything, you say, Jesus, call yourself an oak tree or a big red cedar, something great, something grand. But he says, I am the vine, but you are the, the branches. Um, but he, he talks about vine for various, various reasons. One of them, an obvious reason, is because they were everywhere in ancient Israel. Um, they often saw vines... They were an essential part of the economy there. Uh, and they would also, the, his disciples would have remembered the nation of Israel be, being described as a useless vine in Hosea chapter 10. So not a compliment, but that would have struck words to there. So if you're, if you're not a Christian here today, if you don't believe Jesus is the Son of God, if he is not your Savior or Lord, like, if you haven't repented of your sin, if you don't acknowledge your sin or don't think you need to repent of your sin, or if you haven't turned to God and turned away from your sin, uh, and if you don't believe in Jesus' death and resurrection, you haven't received the Holy Spirit as a free gift to you. If those things are true for you, then right now he's not talking to you in this part. Like, this is talking to his closest friend, his close, his, his close followers, like you're not one of the branches in this story right now, but don't leave. Don't think, all right, thanks, mate, I'm off. Don't leave because all of us at one point weren't one of the branches. Amen? All of us weren't part of this vine. All of us weren't part of this tree of life in that sense of Jesus. But because Jesus lived, died, and rose again, like he desires you to be, become part of this. He desires you to be a branch, just like he has done for us, and which so we are really grateful for. And so we would love to pray for you uh, at the end. If you want to be part of this story, if you want to be part of this vine, Jesus loves you, uh, and we've accepted that, and we're so grateful for that. And so we want you to be part of the story, part of the vine, just like he does. But he, make it clear that he is talking to people who are his followers here. So he's talking to his disciples and to us today, and, and the verse is on the screen, but if you have them in front of you, you can flick around as well in John 15. Verse 1 says, He is the vine, and the Father is the gardener. Verse 5 says, You are the branches, so his followers, you are the branches. Verse 3 says, You are clean, or that means you are pure or washed because of me. Verse 4 says, If you remain in me, you're like a branch staying on the vine, and I will remain in you. Verse 5, if you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. And verse 7 says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask, and it will be given to you. And verse 7 really stands out to me for that, is if you remain in me, like Jesus back then was physically with these guys. So he was physically talking with them at this point. But literally the day later, he was going to be killed on the cross. So he's saying this, and a day later, he was going to be killed on the cross. But then three days later, 
he miraculously rises from the dead, conquering sin and death. And so he's with them then for like 40 days, which is great. Like, oh, I, I can remain in Jesus. I can remain with this. But then he ascends to heaven. And so a good question for these disciples and for us 2,000 years on is like, well, how do you remain in him? Like, if he's, if he's physically there or he's, he's spiritually there after his resurrection, I get that. But like, now that he's, well, we believe we're seated on the right hand of God, like, how do we remain in him? How did they and how do we remain in him? And I think we remain in him by remaining in his church. We remain in him by remaining in his church because his church is his body, which he is the head of. Amen? Like, that's why we believe that we, he, the, it is his church, he is the head, and, and we are the body, and the Holy Spirit is almost like the blood or the muscles that holds us all together, connects us all together. And we remain in him by remaining in his body, which is his church. And Thornhill Church, us guys, is just a local church, a re- resemblance of his global church. And the Holy Spirit connects us all together. And he also says, and my, but if you can re- remain in me, but also my words remain in you. So we remain in him by remaining in his church, but also my words remain in you. And how do we do that? And we do that by by eating the word of God. We do that by eating the word of God, by this being like our breakfast, lunch, tea times, like this is our bread, like this is our daily bread. We eat the word of God, and as we eat the word of God, his words remain in us. So this book becomes our daily bread. Like some of you guys in this room have got amazing brains, like I've spoke to many of you, and some of you has also got amazing memories as well. In our home group, uh, David Perkins has got an unbelievable memory for Doctor Who. So if any of you are Doctor Who fans, I want to try and catch him out. I've tried, I've never even watched him, so I make up questions, and he still gets them right. So, uh, so some people have just got an unbelievable memory or an unbelievable memory. They can remember things, it stays with them, it stores. But if you're like me, I'm the total opposite. Like, um, I, don't have a, I, I, don't just have, I don't have a good memory, basically. I've done a degree in youth work, a degree in theology. I've been a Christian for nearly 20 years. I've preached many times and re- read the Bible many times. And yet, for some reason, I almost forget, like, 95% of what I've learned or what I've read or what I've understood and, and, and what I've read in life as well. But preaching or reading or singing the Word of God, praying it, sharing in our homes, like uh, discussing it, questioning it, sharing with it, Bible studying together, reading it each day in our homes, like the purpose is not to gain knowledge. Like the purpose is not to gain knowledge. The religious leaders, like they could have taken any of us on. They had unbelievable knowledge of the Word of God but it's to eat. We do this to eat, to survive, to live on. Like this is our daily bread. This is why we do it. This is almost like having a good Sunday meal, but tomorrow you're going to be hungry again. 
Like I've lived for 37 years of my life. So that is thousands and thousands and thousands of meals. And yet I can't remember that many because it's my daily bread, it's my life. And so this is meant to be his word, his word remaining in us is this is our daily bread. This is how we live. This is how we survive. This is how we function. And so when we separate ourselves from our Sunday gathering or from our groups or even from personally reading the Word of God, we're starving ourselves. We're not allowing the Word to remain in us. And so this isn't to gain knowledge or to tick the box. This is for the Word of God to remain in us. And so that's why we do these things. That's why, uh, like next week, we will talk about devoted because we want to be a people that remain in Him and for His words to remain in us. And so that's the, the great part. But also in this passage, as, we, as we've read it and as Ruth read it, there's some warnings in it, isn't it? Like there's some bad things. It's like almost like there's some parts here where actually it's a bit uncomfortable. Like verse 2, he says, He cuts off any branch that bears no fruit. Like remember who he's talking to here? He's talking to the twelve. Judas is in here as well. Verse 4, no branch can bear fruit unless it remains in me. Verse 6, if you don't remain in me, so it's almost a question, if, if you don't remain in me, you will be like a branch cut or fallen from a tree and thrown into a fire. But then verse 2 says, every branch that does bear fruit he prunes. So he's talking about, like I said at the side, he's talking about the cutting side of things, but also he's talking about pruning, even of the good fruit. And pruning or cutting both involve a knife, don't they? <laughs> or a secateurs. Both pruning or cutting a plant, if a plant could speak, I'm sure it would be ow. Like it would be painful, wouldn't it? Because there's pruning or cutting, like a tree similar to us or a plant, it just kind of wants to run wild, isn't it? Like, go do his own thing. But pruning or cutting can both be fit painful. But pruning is, is for the good of the branch, but also for the good of the vine. The pruning is for the good of the branch, even though we might not think it. If we're a branch, we might think, oh, no. But the pruning is for the good of the branch, but it's also for the good of the vine. And the other, the cutting, is because that branch, it says here, has become, is almost become dead wood. It's become dead wood. So, almost so sadly, it's almost become so dead that it's better for the vine to cut it off. It's better for the vine and the other branches for this one to be cut off. So a question for us is, pruning or cutting is both painful, but like, what would we rather Pruning or cutting is both painful, but what would we rather? To be cut off from his church, to be cut off from Jesus, to be cut off from his spirit, potentially cut off from the Father eternally, or pruned, even when it sometimes goes against our flesh or desire, pruned to become more like Jesus, for the spirit to convict us when we're wrong or change us for the better, for us to be more like Jesus and to love his church and his people and the lost more for the pruning, to deny ourselves and follow Christ. And as I was looking over this last night, 
I just felt maybe for one person, you know, for some people, some of you need to prune a friendship out of your life. Maybe for one person, yeah, you need to prune a friendship out of your life. You're still connected to a friendship. You're trying to almost like win them for Jesus or do that, but actually they've got no desire, they've got no heart, and actually it's, it's becoming for your negative. Like it's, it's damaging your fruitfulness, this friendship. And so you need to prune this friendship out of your life. I can remember when I did that, I'd become a Christian, and there was a guy who I'd been a, like best friends with for a long time, and he, he became a Christian more than me, uh, earlier than me, uh, but he fell away, and I kind of wanted to bring him back. I really tried, but I got to a point where God showed me, like, you've just got to prune that friendship out of your life. Like, you just got to leave it. You got to, like, you can't, you can't hold that. You can't run with it. You just got to prune it. And it felt like, oh, is this loving or is it? But, like, I just felt the Lord say that to me and leave that to him. And for some of us, you, you almost need to prune a friendship out of your life uh, for you to leave that with the Lord and for you to be more fruitful. But finally, verse 8 says this. It says, but this is to my Father's glory. He's saying, like, this is all about my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Like, he's, say, he's, he's talking about us. He's talking about how much he loves us, how much he's allowed us to be part of this vine. But he's just saying as well, but also realize this is all about God's glory. This is all about God's glory. Jesus loves us. He died for us. He later calls these guys and us friends. Like he calls us friends. But God's glory, if I can say this, is more important than us. God's glory is more important than Matthew Hopkins. God's glory is more important than Thornhill Church. God's glory, we get to be a part of bringing God glory. It's all about the name of Jesus. It's all about his body on earth and being privileged to do that. But this is all about God's glory. And so for him, if he sees something that is not bringing fruit, it's going to be harmful. He will cut it off because this is all about his glory. It's all about his glory. And so, but he says that, but you will bear much fruit. But like, what does being fruitful look like? Like he says about, you will show yourselves to be disciples. Like, how do I show myself to be a disciple? And he also talks about pruned and cut. Like, how do I, how do I remain pruned and make sure I'm not cut? And let me just finish off by just sharing these three different types of fruit. And if I can, I've just termed this one as supernatural fruit. And there's a healing the sick, casting out demons, preaching the gospel, miracles, making disciples. Matthew 10, Jesus, is, Matthew 10, 1, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. John 14, 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. And Acts 2, 36, after preacher, uh, Peter preached at Pentecost, 
And he says, therefore, let all Israel be sure of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when the people heard this, this preaching of the word, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So if I can say these are supernatural fruit. Now, not only Jesus did, but he asked his, his followers to do it as well. And some would say that was just for a moment of time, for the, maybe when the canon of Scripture... I, I believe that all of this is still for today. I believe it's the same Spirit, and that, and that because we have the same Spirit in us, He still wants His church to function in this way. It is God's heart to still heal the sick. Amen? Like it is God's heart. If there's demons or demonic, He wants that to be cleaned out. It is God's heart to preach the gospel, and not just preach it here, but preach it in the, in the canteen, preach it uh, in our neighbours, preach it over the different ways. It is God's heart, God's heart to st still perform miracles for his word to be followed with signs and wonders. It is God's heart to make disciples for people to believe, repent, and receive the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So that is like the supernatural fruit which we should be craving. And even as ourselves, pray for ourselves, God, will you do that in me? Like, will you prune me to believe that that is still for today? Or will you prune me to, to kill my pride and to, to look to reach out to preach or to, to pray for that person? Will you prune me so I can be more available to you? Because this supernatural fruit, we might think, and, and probably our um, culture and celebrity status have kind of affected this before, but we almost can put people on a pedestal with supernatural fruit and say, oh, that person's got the, the gift of healing, that person's like the best preacher in the world, that person, every time they pray, miracle happens. And then we put them like almost in this celebrity status as if it's just for those guys. Yeah, this is all about others. Like this is all about others. Like I was thinking, when the, the disciples fed the five thousand, helped Jesus feed the five thousand, amazing miracle, isn't it? They fed five thousand people. But then what did Jesus say to him? Right, boys, go and clean it up. <laughs> like go and collect it all up. Like that wasn't just like glory, didn't he? Like he's got to go and go and clear it up now. And so this supernatural fruit is all about others, to set people free from demons, for for this sickness to be healed, for miracles, for, for blind people to see. And, and the greatest miracle for someone who is spiritually dead to become spiritually alive. Isn't it? This is all about others. But if he's talking about being known for supernatural fruit, for many of us today here, if this is the only list, we probably feel, oh, maybe I'm not a disciple. <laughs> or maybe I'm a bit insignificant because I haven't really done that. Oh, I am being used in that. And we might think, oh, actually, I'm not sure about myself now. But I, I just want to encourage you. I, let's still strive for this and believe for this and step on for this. But this is the supernatural side for others. But I would say, and, and Ruth said it, like this is also spiritual fruit. Disciples to be known for spiritual 
fruit. Galatians 5:22 says, "But the spirit, but the fruit of spirit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in touch with the Spirit. And John 13, 34 says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, and it says this, by this, everyone will, you, will know you are my disciples if you love one another. And so as he's talking about being recognized as, as my disciples, this is it, spiritual fruit for God to do a work in us, not just internally, but for it to affect us as we love people. Like Paul says, you can have all the gifts of the Spirit. You can, you can sing like angels or move like angels. But, but if you haven't got love, you've got nothing. You've got nothing. And so God wants us to produce love to peace in your life when there's a situation that doesn't make sense. For you, if you're an angry person or an unkind person, for the Spirit to do a work in your life, in your life so you can become gentle. Like that's a miracle for some of us, isn't it? Like we go from this person that God makes us gentle. And so the spiritual fruit is all about becoming more like Jesus. That's where it is. It's about becoming more like Jesus. If you look at the spiritual fruit and look at those things, like that looks like Jesus, doesn't it? Like that looks like Jesus. And so spiritual fruit is to make us more like Jesus. And so these, the supernatural fruit and the spiritual fruit as part of being his disciples. The supernatural fruit is what he told his disciples and us to go and do. And the spiritual fruit was almost him spending every day three years with the disciples, like kind of like working on, oh, Peter, maybe you shouldn't say that. <laughs> like, let's work those things out. Oh, yeah, James, John, stop arguing with who's going to be the greatest. Like, let me teach you about loving one another. And so this is what it's about as well, what he makes his disciples. But there's a final one that I want to finish off with, and it's called temporary fruit. Temporary fruit. And this is what most of the world live by, in that sense, is temporary fruit, is, is getting a really good career or getting great education, which obviously we think is important. I mean, we, we just pray for people in school and with university next week. Like, get the best career, get education, like, nice house, nice stuff, nice cars. Like, I would say I've got a nice house and nice cars, so I'm... I'm saying that as well. More money. Like, money isn't enough, so we need to make more money. We need to more, work more hours. We need to gain things. Let's get more money. Let's get more possessions. Temporary fruit is prioritizing my family. My family is my kingdom. Like, it's all about my family, my kids, my sphere. And so, out those, if I can help those people outside, fair enough. But, like, it is my family. This is all about us. And it's essentially the good life, isn't it? Like health, wealth, and happiness. The temporary life is about health, wealth, and happiness. And it's effectively like self. Like that's what it is. The, the, the temporary fruit is effectively like self-orientated. 
like this this is about me and 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 people will show like i'm not saying people will show kindness faithfulness love in that because they're made in the image of god and so they reflect that um and 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 there's some unbelievably kind and loving people who, who don't have the spirit of god but the temporary fruit is about self and just a challenge for you if you look at those three things today if your life right now is all about temporary fruit like take a warning like because you could become dead wood and cut off like if your life right now if you look at your life your nine to five right now and the week ahead if your life is all about temporary fruit like take this as a warning because what different are you from someone who doesn't have the spirit of god like if it's just about temporary fruit temporary fruit is just the, the extra stuff for us it's all about spiritual fruit and supernatural fruit the temporary fruit is because this is temporary but so if your life is just the temporary fruit be warned because ever think about this the disciples the supernatural fruit like they would they did that didn't they the spiritual fruit god was working them and in us but have a look at the list at the end what did jesus ask the disciples to give up to follow him like what did jesus ask his disciples to give up and follow him like these guys are fishermen they just caught the biggest peter caught the biggest load in his life and he's like oh leave that and come follow me <laughs> or like nice houses these people had houses tax matthew was a tax collector he had plenty of money he's like right guys let's go sofa surfing for the next three years or more money like i said peter just made he could have retired on love fish but just leave it all behind my family james and john sons of zebedee jesus says come and follow me and they leave the family business i'm going to follow jesus instead of that and the good life health wealth and happiness they go around amazing things but being rejected by people potentially being killed by being involved in amazing miracles but then cleaning up by nearly <laughs> being killed many times on a boat <laughs> but jesus comes and saves them and so guys the temporary is the temporary but let's not make the temporary like the like the main thing the temporary is something we just do because it's temporary like guys jesus people go after spiritual fruit and supernatural fruit let's be careful if you look at your life right now and it's all about the temporary like do something about it like do something about your life because it's almost like a piece of dead wood and it could a wave could come or the wind could come and before nowhere you could be cut off instead of being in the vine and producing good fruit like do we want to be part of the vine if you don't know jesus we would love to pray with you none of us are worthy enough none of us are good enough we're just sinners saved by grace and so we would love to pray with you like what is god looking to prune in your life right now even just look at that list like what is god looking to prune in your life where there's a challenge from the first list where there's a, a characteristic in the second list that he wants to prune or maybe something in a temporary fruit that you just need to cut out of your life or take that out what's he want to prune
or, or what do you need to cut out of your life before we could get cut off the vine? Think about that. As, we, as we're going to listen to this song now, think about this. We're going to listen to this song uh, that talks about Dan Shader, and then we're going to sing after it. So we've got about 10 minutes, and so if anyone needs prayer, then as elders and as group leaders, if you want to like, make yourself to the front, and if there's anything you'd like us to pray for, we've got 10 minutes to just come and pray with one another. So the, we're going to watch this video as the band come up, and then we're going to sing it together. But if anyone wants prayer, then we're going to do this together. <laughs>